again, we want to thank Gary for being willing to take his turn again tonight. Appreciate Gary being here and pray that the Lord would bless as he would come now, read the scripture and lead us in prayer if you would, brother. Uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, scripture reading is in the Pew Bibles and uh, Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. The Pew, in the Pew Bibles, uh, page 1252. Chapter 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be weary and faint in your minds. Uh, today I want to speak to you about a race. When I was a young boy, I was in relatively good shape, running a mile a day and, and training in boxing. My gym teacher asked me if I wanted to represent the school in the five-mile marathon. And with a boastful voice, I said, yeah, no problem, shouldn't be that hard. Unprepared and no training or learned experience to run a long distance, that day had arrived. That night before was a major thunderstorm, and we were warned of the damage the course had a lot of obstacles. The gun went off on that very cool morning, and 200 students took off. I took off quickly, leaving most of the kids behind except two of the, the kids, the students from a different school ahead of me. The course was wet. It was slippery with pools of water everywhere, and my old shoes without grips were no match for that condition. On the winding road, there was hills and rock cuts and trees broken in our path. Sometimes we had to go around, sometimes we went under them. After a mile, I ended up lost on a trail and was told to go back to the left side to get back on the trail. Halfway, it started to rain, and uh, kids were passing me left and right. I couldn't see, so I just followed the one that was in front of me. I started to slow down. My track pants and my sweater were getting heavy because of the rain, and it was weighing me down, and it was slowing me down. So I started slowing down, and, and basically I started getting cramps, and more kids were passing. And at the end, I just started to walk to the finish line. No one was there to encourage me. I was alone, exhausted, and I ended up 198 out of the 200, deflated, and my pride with no prize in hand. For all unbelievers, life here on earth is like a race also. They start off quickly when young, with strength to get places as fast as possible. They keep on running aimlessly without help against the storms of life that end up scarring them. 
Most are always learning and listening to anybody who will teach them, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Some get injured by trying to climb high, unexpected high mountains that are placed in their path. Others descend in deep, low valleys of pain, worrying about the cares of this world. A lot of people on this earth become trapped and weighed down, battling theirs and other people's sins. They keep on running, being always distracted by the lusts of the flesh or filling their bellies with the lusts of the eyes. And in the end, the pride of life hardens their heart. Along the race, empty of the temporary satisfactions, they search out the meaning of life for answers of why there is so much suffering and so much sickness and death in this world. Left without faith in believing God, feeling all alone without hope, only believing and trusting the lies of this world. They continue running, leaning on their own understanding that gives them no peace or answer in their hearts. It is a special race. It is a race against time. Some have many years left, but not everyone can run long. Some only have a few minutes. But the point is they're always running and in vain waxing old with nowhere to go fast as they can before their time runs out. Perishing in fear for is beyond their last breath Their only reward at the end of their days is death. Sadly, the Bible says they will open their eyes in eternity and stand before a holy God in judgment. If that's you sitting in the pew today, repent and believe in God. Get in help for your race in this life by faith in Jesus Christ while you have time. Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But this evening, I'm talking to the believer who is running the same agonizing race in trials and sorrows of this life because of sin in the world. But we have the love from above. By grace, you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Christ, who came from above, shows us the way. He is the best example to comfort and strengthen us, us to keep the faith to the finish line and to receive the promise and the reward at the end. John 3.16, our favorite verse. Uh, most people's favorite verse. There's so many. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For us, the starting point of our race is not when we are born of our mother in this world, but when we're born again by the Holy Spirit who bears witness of the beginning of our faith. This is when we first believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who came into this world to save sinners like us. While living, he loved us, born of the flesh, being tempted just like man, but knew no sin. Dying 
without sin, he saved us. Washed in his righteous blood, he buried our sins far away. Rising, he justified us before, a holy, before the Holy Father, and now we are called his children. Jesus said, I am the way. We follow him from the beginning of our salvation, and the Holy Spirit prepares us with his grace for the duration of this race. And the Father blesses us with the assurance of the completion of our salvation unto glorification. Not only is this trinity with us unto the finish line, our God, God's word provides us with the testimony and patterns of life of others who have gone before us, who ran patiently by faith, living by faith the race and finishing it by faith. Let us look at our text we read earlier to see who these witnesses are. In Hebrews 12:1, it says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Wherefore, seeing. He says, look back and connect to chapter 11. This connects us there. We have the blessings on this side of Calvary, Calvary, looking back in time, being able to read how our brothers and sisters of the past who ran the same race of life, whom did not see the promise, having obtained a good report, believe in God by faith. We are also compassed about. So we are surrounded by examples in the word of God, looking back at different times of these men and women in history, trusting who we're trusting God. We should be encouraged and strengthened by them in their suffering and the struggles and life they endured by faith. With so great a cloud of witnesses, not just a cloud, but a great cloud, faithful witnesses who trusted God's promises, starting with Abel, with Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Jacob, Sarah, Moses, and many, many, many more great witnesses showing us how to run this race no matter what the trial and tribulation is, always trusting and believing God by faith till their last breath. We also have witnesses of faith after the cross. We can look back at the apostles, Peter, John, and James, and others, who with their eyes were witness to our Lord. Just ordinary men, nothing incredibly unique or spectacular about them. But, they were running with the words of life of Jesus. And by faith, they began building upon the foundation of this great cloud of witness from the past that we just spoke about, calling the entire world unto repentance and to faith in the risen Christ and the chief cornerstone of our church, Jesus Christ, and the body of believers. In the writings of the Apostle Paul, the church is he likens to Christian life running a race through faith. To the Corinthians, Paul wrote, do, not, do you not know that in 
a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize. So run that you may obtain it. Therefore, do not run aimlessly. To the Galatians, he wrote, he did run well. Who did hinder you that he should not obey the truth? To the Philippians, he wrote of having not run in vain and that he declared that he pressed towards the mark of the prize prize of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. At the end of his life, he wrote to Timothy, I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course and I have kept the faith. After the apostles, we can look back at the early Christians where the martyrs for their faith by the mighty pagan Roman Empire hostiles against them and against every believer of Jesus Christ. We can look back at the reformers who stood up to the Holy Roman Empire, that great harlot and her false authority and teachings. And we can look around us here today, brothers and sisters, and be encouraged and encourage each other in the run of faith, especially looking unto the elders, the ones who have run, been in the race the longest, who've endured the struggles of being a Christian in this world and trust in Jesus Christ all the way to the finish line. Now that we reflect on such a great cloud of witnesses as examples to help us in this life and to give us hope and courage in our struggles, let us take this grace from the love of the Father and finish what we have begun in Jesus Christ and keep the faith to the end and receive the prize of eternal life. Let us go back to our text we read earlier in Hebrews 12.1. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. It says, let us lay aside every weight. Many of us lag behind because we are weighed down by excess baggage. Remember, we are free to enjoy the hobbies, the treasures, and the friendships. Until they keep us from running the race for Jesus. Lose and lose focus of our goal. Good things become bad things when they keep you from the best things. Follow holiness and put on the boots of peace and in this race and speak to every man truth to your neighbor and to your brother. In Colossians 3, 8, it says, but now put off these things, anger, wrath, malice, slander from your lips, gossiping, lying, and filthy language. Guard our hearts against these things because these stones that we pick up along the race will weigh us down. you got to be careful lest any root of bitterness springs up from this foolishness of these stones on our hearts that can hinder our race. Also, the Bible says, put away any legalistic self-righteousness ways like the Pharisees had, had by judging the mot in his brother's eye without taking the beam out of his own eyes. These logs are in our ways 
and they will trip us and obstruct us and lead us off the trail. Let us not drink of the poison and polluted waters of the news and worldly affairs that distract us away from the prize or be choked by the streams of worries in this life that flow our way and that hinders our race. But let us drink of the living water and trust the Lord's grace to be sufficient to give us supplies and strength to carry on. Look not to the world for grace in this race. It will only feed us lies with its promises. Therefore, just as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to run in him, root it and build up in him, established in the faith as you were taught by the start. See to it that no one takes you captive from vain philosophies or empty deceptions which are based on human traditions. These lies only lead you to loss, only lead you to get lost in the dark while increasing the burdens and issues on your path. Romans thirteen twelve says, Let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the full armor of light, clothing yourself in the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh. Throw off and lay aside everything that weighs you down and get back in the race and remember the prize. And the sin which does so easily beset us. This phrase, easily beset us, is a reference to the temptation of sin which in weakness we always fall victim to. Those little Sinful habits of personal benefit and pleasure that taste good, which we seem to overlook because they're so small in our eyes. These sins can be easily avoided, but are not because of our carefree attitude for the cares of this world. Spurgeon wrote, This is the most important exhortation. For while a man's darling sin, be what it will, remains unsubdued, it will hinder him from running the Christian race as it takes him away from the motive of running and gives power to every discouragement and disappointment. Try this the next time. You're making a fresh pot of chicken noodle soup and start adding the ingredients for flavor and stir it in. And then go outside and pick up a couple of nuggets of dog poop as your final ingredients and put it in there and tell me if it tastes good. Don't be fooled. A little sin will corrupt the soul and in the end, it will taste bitter. The word beset also means to tangle you up. What is the sin that so easily trips us up? One that can make you a poor runner and keep you from running the race. In Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11 and 12, Paul is talking about faith. The, wor- the whole race is about running and the race of faith. Hebrews says we live by faith, therefore we run by faith. Most of us say, I wish I had better faith, stronger faith. I feel like I'm... Losing my faith. Do you know the reason you don't have more faith than you have? 
Brethren, the Bible says, Beware lest there be any of you with an evil heart of unbelief. Unbelief is not a mental sin. It is a moral sin. And it doesn't come from the head. It comes from the heart. Beware lest there be any of you with an evil heart and be tangled up in the, on the side of the road. If this is your straight way, if this is in your way, cry out with tears today, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Some sins we must let go. Unforgiveness from the past of sins done to you that cause you pain and suffering. You can't forgive the people they have done, that done this to you. You say, look what they have done. Look, they've hurt me. I'm not going to let them off the hook. Well, I'm here to tell you this evening, okay, that they're not on the hook. You're on the hook. You must be set free. And when two people are set free, you are also set free. If we're always looking back at some scars from the past while running this waste, we are living on the edge of a cliff carrying a big load of cares for nothing. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Some sins are called inclusive sins that can so easily ensnare us for pleasing the culture just to get along. They are running on a wide road that leads to destruction. You must stay on the narrow path that leads to righteousness and avoid any trap of affirmation of any sinners in their delusion. But let us be cautious of these vines in our race. Because choices and agreements do have consequences. And these thorns will ensnare us on the edge of our path. Isaiah 5.20 says, Woe unto those who call evil good and good evil, who subdued, substitute darkness for light and, and light for darkness. If we're not careful, our baggage in life will cause us to stumble and get injured. When we find ourselves trapped by sin, let us confess and repent, laying aside these sins that slow us down so we can get back on the right track. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purifies us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned and do not take eternity seriously, we are easily entangled in these unconfessed sins that will trip us up in the race to the finish. Let us run with patience. Patience can be defined as the ability to accept delays or troubles calmly. Patience produces endurance, like Christ-like strength to preserve in spite of hardship, disappointments, frustrations, which builds character and hope in us to finish. No one strolls over 
the finish line. Patient and endurance is necessary in order to run the race well. We must get our hearts and our mind in this race to the finish line. We are exhorted in Hebrews 6.12 that he be not slothful, but followers of them through faith and patience inherited the promises. Romans 2.7 says, To them who by patience continuance in well-doing seek the glory and honor of and immortality, eternal life. And in chapter 10 in Hebrews 10.36, For ye have need of patience, that after you have done well, of, after you have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. This race that is set before us, we did not select this course, for it is of God who established it and gives us the grace to finish what we have begun in Jesus Christ. A race that is set before us. This race is ran for Christ, for he lived, and he gave his life for us. We stay in the light and in the narrow path, despite any trials or persecution. Let us run by faith. Let us live by faith. The race that is set before us. The word race in the ancient Greek is the word agona. Our word today is agony, a word used for conflict or struggle of many kinds and a favorite word of Paul. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us and do the will of the Father even when it hurts and even when it doesn't feel good. Let us continue in our text in the next verse in Hebrews 12:2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set, set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Looking unto Jesus. Turn and fix your eyes upon him. Fixing them on his life. And on his word, we can run, we can only run the race as we look ahead and forward to Jesus, having our eyes locked on him. This is our focus of our faith, our inspiration, and our example. The one who first called us out of darkness to the race of faith will enable us by his light and grace to finish the race because he is the lighthouse we are running towards the author and finisher of our faith one may say jesus is with us from the starting line to the finish line helping us in times of need along the way of the road of this life before us set before us our lord is the author very emphatically set in a place above the clouds of witness whom we just spoke about earlier, who in their measure are held forth as noble and good examples of faith. But all these, the greatest names of old, are in one class, and Jesus Christ stands higher above them all as the perfect example. Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none 
other name under heaven given among men whereby we might we must be saved. And all the witnesses of old pointed to him. They spoke about him. And they testified of him. The names he bears here in this text are significant. The author and finisher of faith. The former being the same word that is in Acts 3.15 is rendered the prince of life, who is now crowned with glory. In the epistles of Hebrews 2.10, he is the captain of our salvation, who understands our pain, who understands our sufferings. He is also the finisher, bringing many of us to glory at the end, completing his work to the finish line. Let us be encouraged. Let us be comforted with these words in Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this very thing, that he who begun a good work in you will complete it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 12.2, who for the joy that was set before him. Jesus did not regard the cross itself as joy. But he could look past the horrific punishment of the cross to enjoy what was beyond it. The writer hints at this in chapter 11. In Hebrews 11.10, he writes about Abraham. For he was looking forward to a city with foundations whose builder is God. He writes in Hebrews 11:16 about all who live by faith. They were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. And he has prepared a city for them. There is a place that we know by faith, but we know one day we will see it by sight. Where we will live with God and he with us. In Hebrews 12, we get a better picture of this city. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in a joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. And in the book of Revelation, the joy of this city is that there will be no more, no more pain, no more sadness, and no more death. We will be with God, and he will be with us. The joy for this heavenly city is what carries us through the tribulations of our times abiding in the love of Christ, the Son of God. In John 15, 10, 11, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I've kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. He endured the cross. 
Jesus was able to endure the ordeal of the cross because he understood the good that would come of it. A redeemed, a rescued people in his name honoring God for eternity. That's you. That's me. That's Real. That's Walter. That's all of us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for this. 1 Corinthians 1.18 For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Jesus went before us. He endured the suffering so we may have the power of God to continue this race. Despising the shame. Jesus did the Father's will even despising the shame. One of the most prominent elements of torture of the cross was the extreme pain and shame. Jesus did not welcome this shame. He despised it. Yet he endured it through it, knowing the victory. Jesus bore the shameful accusation, the blasphemy, the beating, the bruise, and the iniquities that were done. Jesus wore that shameful crown like this one on here that we were speaking about earlier. He wore that shameful robe. He was mocked even as he prayed to the Father on that cross. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. And in Luke twenty three thirty four, my God, my God, why has that forsaken me? And then he goes on and says, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit, because he trusted him right to the end. This is a stumbling block to many of us. They will do just about anything for Jesus except endure shame and embarrassment. Spurgeon spoke boldly to Christians who could not bear the shame that comes that from the world, who could not bear shame that comes from the world for following Jesus. And he says this, What a shameful thing it is that while you are bold about everything in this world, you are cowardly to speak about Jesus Christ. Brave to the world and cowardly towards Christ. Let us remember to live our life by faith. In Romans 1, 16, 17, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jews and then to the Greeks. For the gospel reveals the righteousness of God that comes by faith, by faith from the start to the finish. Just as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. In Hebrews twelve two, and it is and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He rose, he rose, he rose from the dead. Ascended to heaven above, sitting himself down as a triumph, triumph conqueror over sin 
over the prince and power of the air and over death and over hell. He is at the right hand of the throne of God, glorified King of kings and Lord of lords. This speaks of Jesus' glorification, exalted to the highest place of dignity and honor in an unshaken kingdom above. And one day the Lord shall come and bear our spirits home at the end of this race. And Hebrews 12.3 says, For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest he be weary and faint in your minds. Even in our greatest difficulties, if we would just consider Jesus at these times, we would be encouraged and not discouraged, knowing that we're following him and his footsteps. As Paul wrote, If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. Second Peter four twelve says, Don't be surprised if you're at your fiery if there's a fiery trial you are going through as if something strange is happening to you. Instead be glad for this trial, because it makes you partners with Christ and his suffering. When people hate you, Think of all the hostility Jesus endured from sinners. He came to his own. His own received him not. His own people wanted to kill him. The religious leaders constantly tried to trap him and embarrass him. They lied about Jesus, saying he was a drunken and a gluten. He was mocked and he was beaten by many. In Isaiah 53.3, It says, he was despised. He was rejected by man, a man of sorrow. Sorrows, acquainted with grief, like one of whom men hid their face from. He was despised and we esteemed him not. He was betrayed by his own disciples. And we, by his own disciple, his own people, his own people cried out, crucify him, crucify him. So consider him who endured such opposition from sinful man and do not lose heart in your struggle of day to day in this race against the sin of this world. Our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, resisted all to the point of shedding his blood his own blood on that cross, that righteous blood for you, that you may have life. Hebrews 12.3 Lest he be weary and faint in your minds. The race is not, an easy, is not easy at times. This world is filled with many obstacles and pain and suffering. Sometimes we get tired. We might even think about dropping out of the race. This is the time when you think about the reward of finishing well, the crown of life in eternity is waiting for you. There is an interesting phenomenon known as second wind for an athlete. It seems to come soon after he feels so tired that he is tempted to give up. Once you get that second wind, it's like you can go on forever. You have to push through. 
You have to get past the pains and suffering and look to the Savior. Paul spoke of his race and he mentions that he was often weary, but that he knew that the present suffering is not worthy and compared with the glory that one day will be revealed to him. In Galatians 6, 9, let us not grow weary in doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. And in finishing, let us run to the finish line of this life, keeping the faith. As we run this race, living by faith, we know that we are headed towards eternal victory. The word of God says, O death, O death. Where is thy sting, O grave? Where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ, because he said at that cross, it is finished on Calvary. He is sitting in eternity, waiting for us after the race, and it will be worth of all when we see him. Face to face. We do not know about tomorrow. Or what a day may bring forth. So you must ask yourself today. Is there something in my life that's hindering my walk with Christ? Something that's holding me back? Some excess baggage that's keeping me behind a little? That I should be with the Lord? Whatever it is, lay it aside. Whatever we face in this life, whether trials or tribulations or persecution or rejection, when in these sorrows of hardship, preserve your faith, keeping your eyes upon Jesus and keeping it on the joy that awaits us in Christ. The joys of this world are but a temporal little moment in time. The joy of the Lord is eternal and forever. Oh, how we long to hear these words. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Remember, Turn your eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wonderful face and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Let us pray. Father, we do thank you for your faithfulness. Bless is the one who preserves and who is preserved to the end, having stood in the race of time, That person will receive the crown of life. 